Hey, Bruins community. Welcome to Bruise Clues. Where we clue you into Bruins stories. I'm Nat. And I'm Kev. And this is brought to you by the Student Alumni Association. Today's episode is our first in a series of the first-gen experience. Hi, everyone. So we decided to do uh, a series with three different episodes um, on the first-gen experience. We thought this would be cool because we're always told how UCLA is one-third first-gen students, and they kind of brag about this statistic, which is a really awesome fact um, to know about UCLA, but we thought it was important that um, this isn't just a statistic, and we take the time to kind of learn Um, about what it means to be a first-gen student to uh, different people on campus. So we wanted to give an opportunity for students to share their stories and their experiences as a first-gen. Yeah, so in order to do this, we interviewed three different groups in this first-generation series. Uh, We began by spotlighting Mari Powell, who told us more about her experience and how she co-programmed a first-generation career networking night. After that, we went on to interviewing Oscar, who's a first-generation UCLA alumni, on his advice to current students and how he still remains involved. And then we wrapped it up by interviewing three different students on their different stories of what being a first-generation means to each of them. And another thing we wanted to mention is that we're going to include a list of the resources that we talk about um, throughout this series. Um, on our Instagram page. So feel free to check that out and ask us any follow-up questions. Or if you want to try to connect with anyone who we talk to in this series, um, you can reach out to us on that as well. Our Instagram is bruise underscore clues or B-R-U-S underscore clues. So as we said, today we're on with Mari Pau, who's on the SA's board of directors and is going to talk about the event she co-programmed First Generation Experience Career Panel Networking Night and also about just her experience as a first generation student. All right, and um, with that all being said, we'll get right to it with Mari Pau's interview. All right, we are here with Mari Pau and we're just gonna ask her to introduce herself a little bit. So can you please tell us your Um, name, grade, major, hometown, and a fun fact. Hello, my name is Maripao. I am a senior, sadly, and (laughs) I am a double major in political science and global studies. My hometown, I was born in Columbia, um, and I lived there till I was eight, but other than that, my other hometown is Miami, Florida. And a fun fact about me is that my right leg is made out of titanium. All right, cool. Thanks for introducing yourself. Um, So we brought you in today um, because we understand that you helped SA put on a first-gen event, and we're hoping you could tell us a little bit about the event and as well um, a little bit about your experience as a first-gen student at UCLA. Um, So if you want to just start by telling us about the event that you helped put on, that'd be awesome. Yes. Um, So the first-gen experience career panel networking night is an event that Um, the Professional Development Committee of SAA put on this year. I'm the director of the committee. um, So I was in charge of the committee that helped put on the event, but there were three directors that were directly in charge of the event. Um, It kind of worked out perfectly. I'm a first-gen student. I realized that there has never really been like a professional development um, event specifically catered to this community um, throughout my four years at UCLA. So this is something that I always thought would be a good idea. 
And then as the year went on, the Association of First-Gen Undergraduates actually reached out to us saying that they would be interested in co-programming. So it actually worked out perfectly. Um, Pro Devo and my committee, we focused on the logistics, but when it came to like the questions we were asking, the people we were contacting and like making sure that the event was catered to first-gen, that's where the Association of First-Gen Undergraduates really helped us out. So we co-programmed the event and it was a huge success. So we're really happy with how it went. Awesome. And can you explain a little bit of the structure of the event, like how um, the setup of it looked? Yeah. So um, we actually structured it very intentionally. Um, A lot of the fear um, that comes with professional development in the first-gen community, and of course, I can't represent the entire community, but just like in my experience, like I didn't have a resume coming into college. I definitely did not have biz cash. I don't think I could tell you what a biz cash outfit was. Um, So I think there was just, it's like defined as the hidden curriculum. It's like everything that you need to succeed that you learn outside of the classroom. Um, And a lot of first-gen students don't have parents that they can learn that from, or maybe they do, but at least, again, speaking for myself, I didn't have that. So a lot of this information that I thought my peers already knew, I just didn't. So thinking about that, when we structured the event, we intentionally wanted it to not just be a networking night because networking nights have happened and SA has done a bunch of them and they're very successful, but specifically with the first-gen community, we didn't think like it really solved the problem of professional development if we just threw them into a room, which is why we um, started with a career panel. Um, The career panel was four different um, first-gen alumni in various industries, and there was questions by a moderator, but then all all of the students could ask their own questions at the end. We kind of wanted that to be kind of like a prep to learn like what networking is, how they could get started with that. And we also gave them a pamphlet that talks about like when you're networking, this is what you should do. This is how you ask for a business card. This is how you ask for a thank you email or how you send a thank you email. Um, So we tried to give them more of like a preparation right before they went in. So it would be hopefully get more people to come and be more of a learning experience. And just like, I'm in here because I want to network for X, Y, and Z. And then we also structured it. We kind of did it um, like speed dating where we had four rounds that were structured 15 minutes rounds each. where you go around to talk to different tables in different industries. And then the last 15 minutes are kind of unstructured. You can go talk to whoever you want, or if there's a specific industry that you want to talk to, you can. And again, we added the structure that hasn't been present in other networking nights because we wanted to facilitate um, the experience for first-gen students. If they were intimidated, if this is their first networking night, if they don't have a lot of the sitting curriculum knowledge, then we kind of walk them through every step. And then when they're comfortable, if they want to, they can network on their own. Yeah, so then you mentioned that you're a first-generation student, too, and I'm sure that played a lot into making this event. Um, So do you want to talk kind of about more your own personal experience that just kind of influenced this whole thing and kind of gave it the fire that it needed to build itself up? Yeah, of course. Well, I would say um, I definitely think that this was a joint effort, both by AFGU and my three directors that absolutely killed the event, I think. Um, yes, I definitely love this idea, but I, I, we all collectively like really work together. So I want to give them credit because they really did exceed any expectation that I could have ever had of them, which is amazing. Um, but for me, just being a first gen student, I think, again, the way I think the way I see networking and professional development is just a little different because um, I think not having a lot of these resources that I realized that a lot of my peers had um, has allowed me to really not take them for granted. Um, like, for example, like, I remember my first resume, like, was a very big deal to me because, like, my mom doesn't have a resume. So, like, this is huge. And, like, I sent my mom my resume and that was huge. And mm-hmm. I think um, being the being first gen means you're the first in your family to go to college. So, I think when entering college and entering this, like, world, 
there's just so much that is assumed or that people just innately know that I think the transition from high school to college can be very difficult. Um, and that's why I think programming like this is so important and why I was so passionate about it, because I think getting into UCLA is hard, but graduating from UCLA is harder. And, <laughs> and I think being a first gen student, not aware of the resources that the university provides or also trying to figure out their professional development, their life, mm-hmm. like what it means to be a college student along with taking the same classes that everyone else is taking. I think it's more pressure. Um, and I think that can make it harder. So I was really excited about the idea of doing an event focused on the first gen community because I think it's important that this community is aware that one, like you exist and you should be proud to exist, especially on a campus where you're a third of the population. Mm-hmm. But two, like there are resources out there that can help you and can help even the playing field. So even if you feel like you started off at a different pace than a lot of people who aren't first gen that may know more than you do initially, I think there are a lot of resources to help you. And I think I've benefited a lot from the resources that UCLA has to offer. Yeah. Um, so the Do resources you, are there. What what kind of resources too are you talking about? Yeah. Or just like anything specific? No, like, for sure, for yeah. sure. So I work for AAP. Um, AAP is the diversity outreach program at UCLA. I've been working there since I was a freshman and they help um, a lot of historically underrepresented communities, first-gen students, students with disabilities or dependents. So they're kind of like a catch-all for a lot of things. Um, But AAP has been super helpful. They have tutoring, which is um, called Peer Learning Facilitators, which is huge. Um, They give out scholarships every year. I've gotten a scholarship for them every year. So that's huge. They're so helpful. Um, They have, like, graduate mentoring. They have, like, I want to go to law school. They have, like, law school mentorship. So they're really Mm -hmm. helpful. Um, I've also benefited from, like, the Scholarship Resource Center. That's a lot of resources. There's, like, the Writing Center that I used to use a lot. The Career Center has been huge. Even involving myself in organizations like SAA that are – interested in putting on events for other people, I feel like has been huge for my learning curve and has made me a stronger leader. Um, But I think there's resources in like every field that you could think of. Like we have mental health resources, we have ASH, like there, I think sometimes the resources can be inaccessible or frankly, people just don't even know they exist. Um, But that's something that again, we also tried to push for first gen night. Like we had a pamphlet going around um, and we had a PowerPoint presentation that was just like an ongoing resources slide. So while you're networking or if you're not doing anything like we have like resources for students in this situation, resources for students with dependents. So I think we're also just trying to increase the visibility of these resources because I feel like a lot of people don't know they exist. Uh, I think that sometimes um, whether you're a first-gen student or not, reaching out to those resources is kind of intimidating. Super fair. Um, so if you had like one piece of advice as to how um, maybe someone who's listening has now heard about those resources but mm-hmm. is a little hesitant to go take advantage of them, what would be your piece of advice for them? So that's a super good question. Um, I really relate to that because I think – you're right. Like having the resources and it isn't enough. It's like really intimidating. I think there's a lot of like imposter syndrome mm-hmm. in this university and probably all universities where you, you're kind of just like, I don't know if I should be here. I thought like when I got in, I was shocked. Like, I was like, <laughs> I cannot believe I got into the school. Um, so I think that might have to do with maybe why I personally felt less inclined to look at things or why someone might feel that way. I would say the best advice I received was that I deserve to be here. Like the day I got here, someone was like, oh my God, you deserve to be here. And they like drilled that through my head so much. And like when I'm thinking like, one, I deserve to be here. This wasn't given to me. I earned it. And two, like I have four years in this university. I'm paying out-of-state tuition <laughs> to, to have four years yeah. in this university. Like these resources are available because like one, I earned them, but two, I'm paying for them. Yeah. So like I, 
I feel like that's the best incentive to use them is that they're meant for you. And underutilizing these services could mean that they cease to exist. So I totally think it's super valid that it could be intimidating to reach out. But ultimately, this is the university that you got into. The university chose you for a reason and you're paying to go here. And if you're not paying, some money is being directed for you to go here. So you should take advantage of the resources and do it. Worst case scenario is if you don't find the perfect resource, resource, you try again and you find someone or someone can redirect you to someone. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. And we'll whiz some of the resources out on the podcast that Mark awesome. mentioned. Um, thank you so much for being here and also putting on this amazing event and thank everything you. else that you do. Thank you. All right. We hope you guys enjoyed uh, that interview with Mari Pau and learning about her, her experience. And maybe you guys could um, have even related to it or learn something new from it. And next up is Shannon's question of the day. All right, guys. So on our last episode of Bruise Clues, we tried something out um, where we had our friend and committee member Shannon come on and ask you guys a question. Uh, we decided to um, create this as kind of a segment called Shannon's Question of the Day. Um, and Kevin and I are also going to answer the question ourselves. And then we hope that you guys will go into our Instagram um, at bruise underscore clues and look for the Shannon's Question of the Day um, little heading and answer your thoughts on the question. And then maybe you'll be featured on our podcast or on our Instagram um, if you give us cool, fun responses. Uh, yeah, so cool. Shannon, what question did you have for us today? Hi, friends. Happy to be back. Um, my question for today is, what is something that is on your UCLA bucket list to do before you graduate? Ooh, um. Uh, for me, I probably have two um, off the top of my head. Um, one easy one is probably go to the botanical gardens. So mm. I have yet to go there. Oh, um, I haven't done that either. Yeah, no, it's actually super easy too. Like it's on campus. Um, second one would probably be tunneling. Ooh. Is also is also up there for sure. Um. I'd say mine is more related to like my time on the West Coast, if that kind of counts. Because um, the most north in California I've been is Mammoth, but I obviously have to go to San Francisco at some point um, of my time at UCLA. And then I also really want to go to Seattle at some point. Um, but yeah. But that's not like UCLA related. I know. I don't know what UCLA related would be. Um, you know, like before I graduate, I want to. Oh, I want to um, step foot on the Poly Pavilion basketball court. Nice. That's a good one. I like Oh, that. wait. I already did that. <laughs> I <laughs> I was at um, a formal uniform. Formal at Poly Pavilion. Can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> yeah, I was actually. Um, the crew formal, like the Christian you club went to on the campus. Crew formal? Yeah, I did. Why? Because my friends are all in crew. My roommate was a coxswain and I didn't even go. No, no, no. Crew the Christian no, club, like, not yeah. the sport. Oh, different thing. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, I was there and 
I was like, all right, well, I'm in Poly Pavilion. I'm going to go on the basketball court. So I went on the basketball court and then the janitor yelled at me and I left. But he said, go Bruins. So like, he was nice about That's it. Fine. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. So you're chilling then. All right, Chan, what about you? What's your response? Um, There's a lot I still feel like I need to do at UCLA, but I also feel like I've been really lucky because I've done a lot of it already. And I actually just found out about this, like, Bruin tradition or like true Bruin tradition like app that you can get for UCLA that you like track them and then if you do all of them or like a certain number of like traditions at UCLA by the time you graduate you get like a special thing at graduation which is I think is kind of kind of cool because I feel like we're doing a lot of these things already it's like some of them are like get an A on a quiz or like meet a professor in office hours which like I think most people are doing anyway. So it's just like a cool little fun kind of treasure hunt that I think a lot of seniors could be interested in. Wait, and then don't you get, what do you get when you like do them all? Pretty sure you get a medal. Yeah, you get something at graduation, but I'm not entirely sure what it is. I think it's like 150 or 160 things that you have to do. I thought it was 75. Whoa. I'm pretty sure you only have to do like half of them or something. And then you just like. Take oh yeah, I think there are like sixty, like that you can do, and then you just have to do up until seventy-five, maybe. Yeah, you you submit pictures though. I submitted a few myself. One of them is botanical. The botanical. Oh, oh easy. Okay. There you go. There you go. Done. Done. Yeah, I think. All right. That's well. Cool. Um, that was an awesome question, Shannon. Um, thank you for coming on today and we'll see you next time. Bye. See you guys later. All right. So don't forget to look at our Instagram, um, at bruise underscore clues, um, and respond with, um, what is on your UCLA bucket list. All right. What about you, Shannon? What are some of your big Bruin bucket list items? Um, there's a ton I still want to do at UCLA before I graduate, um, and that time is getting smaller and smaller, but I definitely want to, like, go to a spring sports event, um, yeah, but there's a ton of other things I want to do, and what I've started doing is there's a thing called the UCLA True Bruin Traditions Keeper. I don't know if you've heard about it, so it's, like, it's this place where you like, you get to document your completion of UCLA traditions. So like, I know they have like a paper form that you can like print, but they mm-hmm. also have this app, which is really cool. Cause you can upload your photos and your ticket stubs and whatever right there on the app. So basically what you do is um, there are like 11 categories and then a build your own category. And you can go in and they have specific UCLA traditions that you can like complete. And once you've completed a certain amount, depending on whether or not you came in as a freshman, which is 75, or a transfer, which is 40, you get a medal. And you get the medal in the spring in like a ceremony reception type thing. And I believe you can wear it during graduation, but that's a personal choice, I think. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but it's really cool. I just completed my study abroad one and my 
I completed a cluster one and uh, I took a selfie in front of Royce Hall one. It's pretty cool. You should look at it. Well, what's that actually, app called again? It's called UCLA True Bruin Traditions Keeper. Okay. I think one Winky of my title. senior friends this year was doing it, but I didn't know exactly how it worked. So fun tidbit, Shannon. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's fun. But you do need to remember that, like, if you're going to do this, it has to be submitted by May 1st of the year you're going to graduate. So don't wait until... Okay, that's not too hard. Okay. I'll start <laughs> taking photos then. Yeah. Yeah, I got to cool. get on that. And it's, it's um, cool. But you can, you like get, you get traditions for things that like you're doing anyway. Um, but you also get them for like getting an A on a paper or like going to office hours, like stuff that you like probably are doing as a student anyway. So it's like not that hard and also kind of forces you to like do more UCLA things than maybe you normally would do. That is, is true. Nice. Yeah. It makes the bucket list for me. I like that because yeah, I was very good at answering that you. question anyways. All right. Well, that is awesome. Thank you for coming in today and asking your questions, Shannon. Thanks and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. And don't forget to go on our Instagram at bruise underscore clues. That is B-R-U-S underscore clues on Instagram to, um, give your answer to Shannon's question of the day. Okay, that's our clue to end today's episode of Bruise Clues. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at bruise underscore clues to tell us what you think, ask us questions, or leave suggestions. As always, I'm Nat. And I'm Kev. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.